Hi, my name is Carly Hughes, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have a great guest coming your way once again. This is episode 523, and Carly Hughes of American Housewife is going to be joining us, and she also is known for her stage work on the Carol King musical, Pippin, Chicago, all sorts of other ones, and she has a new holiday movie coming out on Lifetime on November 15th at 8 p.m. called The Christmas Edition you got to be watching out for that one. And uh, Carly is going to be coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. We've got a lot of stuff coming your way. And uh, what do you say? Let's get right into it. It's time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. A remake of the horror movie Candyman is in the works with a release date of August 27th, 2021. Another remake of The Thing is in the works with John Carpenter once again. He's going to be involved, and Carpenter did the 1982 remake of The Thing, which was from the 60s, or 50s, actually. Uh, And let's see, in 1963, they came out with Jerry Lewis doing The Nutty Professor. They remade it again in, uh, what was that, the 96, I believe it was, and uh, they're going to do another one. And uh, we'll see what happens with that one. We'll keep you informed on what's coming your way. That's it. Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Upcoming new movies, Mank. From David Fincher, lands in theaters on November 13th, and it comes to Netflix on December 4th. It tells the story of screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz as he wrote the classic movie Citizen Kane, and it stars Gary Oldman. And let's see here, Ryan Reynolds' action comedy Free Guy, which was supposed to come out in theaters on December 11th, has been moved and pulled, and there's no release date on it. So we'll see what happens with that. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, sequels. Taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming away as far as sequels. <laughs> sequel City, well, Death on the Nile. The sequel to Murder on the Orient Express is coming out, or was coming out, on December 18th. But now it has been pulled back, and there's no new release date on that one either. And The Croods, A New Age, will hit theaters on November 15th. That one will be coming out. And Wonder Woman 1984 will arrive in theaters on Christmas Day. 
And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on Orange Green and Beyond, let's take a peek at what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, Better Call Saul Season 5 comes our way to DVD and Blu-ray on November 24th. And Snowpiercer, the complete first season, lands on Blu-ray and DVD on January 26, 2021. And Goliath Season 4 comes our way on Blu-ray and DVD on uh, in December. That's all they're telling us right now. And that's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, let's find out what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD. <laughs> movies on DVD, November 10th on digital and November 17th on Blu-ray. You can look for The Broken Hearts Gallery from executive producer Selena Gomez. After We Collide hits Blu-ray and DVD on November 24th, and Sonic the Hedgehog will arrive on Blu-ray and DVD on November 24th also. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, Season 4 of Yellowstone. Good show there, you don't want to miss that. It's uh, going to be moving location for some of the filming, at least. It's going to be moving to Fort Worth, Texas. There's been no details on what the plot is or who filmed there. But uh, we'll just have to wait, I guess. And uh, NBC has canceled its new show, Connecting. Never never heard of that one? Well, neither have I. <laughs> That's why they canceled it. And it's only been a few weeks that it's been uh, going, and they've already canceled it. And sadly, the classic James Bond actor, Sean Connery, has passed away at the age of 90. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have Carly Hughes of American Housewife joining us. As I said before, Carly has been on stage on Broadway for the Carol King musical, Pippin, Chicago, all sorts of other ones. And she has a new movie coming out November 15th at 8 o'clock on Lifetime called The Christmas Edition. Carly Hughes, next on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is an actress who has appeared on Broadway in many productions, including Pippin and Beautiful, the Carol King musical. She also can be seen on ABC's comedy American Housewife each week and on November 15th at 8 p.m. She will be starring in the Christmas edition on Lifetime alongside of Rob Mays and Marie Osman. It's Carly Hughes. Carly, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hi, <laughs> thank you for having me. Well, it, it's it's great that you could join us here because, uh, like I was telling you before we got on the air, is that uh, you know everybody loves Christmas movies. It's just yeah, you know. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you, uh, Lifetime has started already showing Christmas movies, so it's always uh, yeah, it's it's always fun, and and we need it now because <laughs> everyone needs well because it's that spirit that you have that time of year. Like we need that. We needed that the entire year this year, so exactly. I think it's coming right on time. Yeah. Well, Carly, there's so much we can talk about here because you are so busy, but uh, tell us about Christmas Edition. It's a, it's a new film that's coming out, right? And uh, yes. tell us about your role in it. Um, I play Jackie Evans, who is 
um, an insanely independent, strong, you know, hard worker who has uh, a career goal and has a set path. And in the very beginning, you find out that, you know, the, the boss lady, played by Marie Osmond, uh, has a very different, you know, path in mind that doesn't necessarily involve Jackie in the way she wants. And so instead of sulking, she takes it, a, a, you know, into her own hands and says, no, thank you, and goes about achieving what she wants in her own way, which takes her to Alaska. To um, she's a, She wants to be an editor-in-chief of the newspaper where she works at, and that falls through, so she goes to obtain it somewhere else, which takes her to Alaska, running her own newspaper, being the editor-in-chief, and bringing to life this newspaper that has been long forgotten, while also at the same time learning uh, about the magic of Christmas. Because she doesn't hate Christmas. It's just never been a priority because she's a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a chance to look at some of the film, and uh, was this actually filmed in Alaska? No. Why does it look like it? It, it, it was the the scenery was beautiful. I mean, <laughs> oh, uh, well, we shot this in Utah in August in uh, this cute little town. It's a tiny town called Huntsville, and um, it just randomly had all of these cozy buildings that um, the the owner of all these buildings actually found them various places throughout the country, had them lifted and brought to this area so that they were all look they, it actually looks like a christmas town but mm-hmm. um so we were lucky enough to do that with all the snow and all the special effects and it does look like alaska but it's in utah yeah i mean you know i i i, I am in awe of the people who are I, I i know there's a name for it right but i don't know it off the top of my head but the people who are looking for the locations of, of movies oh yeah and scouts location scouts. Yeah. yeah and they come up with such i mean the perfect places, really. Yeah, just from walking around and, and brainstorming and finding things, and you, then when we get there, the officers are like, "Oh, this is cool." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, I scouted it for a week." Right. <laughs> so, so how did you become involved with Christmas Edition? Um, I um, met with uh, the heads at Life of Lifetime like a year ago, just for like a you know a general meet and greet and just to put my face with a name and 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 so they you know knew who i was and then um around august when this opportunity came up of of you know my work ethic and them remembering me they were like we have a job for you can you be in utah by tomorrow and i was like i mean yeah you come and get me (laughs) and they did and then we made some christmas magic (laughs) wow now um marie osman is in the film uh Mm -hmm. and you are an exceptional singer Thank you. Is there any point where the two of you were singing together, maybe? No, there isn't a point where it's so funny. Um, Or backstage, even. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, we would would joke around and just, like, you know, sing a jingle here and there between takes, you know, in the downtime. But um, this one came together so fast with the script done, and and this particular team didn't really know me until I got there. So once they all found out, you know that that I am a singer and I what I how I do what I do, they were like, "Oh, next time we're gonna have to make it this bigger." <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was nice to have that little moment um, that I do have in there to sing a little bit because I love Christmas Carol. Mm, yeah, yeah, and, and and I can really picture you and Marie 
doing a duet, it would be amazing. Oh yeah, that would be that would be fun. I mean, we did press uh, promo shots together and a lot of press photos, and we were cracking up together just taking the photos. So put us in a room together; it'll be hilarious. <laughs> but but I got to tell you, I'm so used to seeing Marie as being this happy, loving person. She was kind of mean at times. Isn't it fun to see like little old Marie play a villain? Like she yeah. plays like she plays like the mean boss lady, and right. it's so funny because she's so not that. Um, but she had so so much fun playing that. But in between scenes, because you know our scenes are with me, in between takes, I like giggle as soon as they said cut, and she's like, "What?" And I'm like, "I don't know. It's just so funny because you're playing like a mean person." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not something you see all the time. I mean, she's always mean to Do- to Donnie, but, you know. Right, right. But just you little, I cut her eyes at me, and I'd be like, oh. <laughs> it was so fun. Now, have you ever worked with uh, other cast members who are in the film or any of the filmmakers? No, I ha- got to this set and um, knew no one, uh, which is funny because... I didn't know any of them before, but we all developed such a, a fast and easy bond with each other that it made filming so much easier, as it always does. Like it was like we had been friends already. You know what I mean? I had a on the on the one off day we had, I would cook and Rob would come over. Loma came over, and I you know would cook like I do like I would do pre you know BC before Corona have people over and cook and have camaraderie but since we were all quarantined together during filming they were able to come over and um and we just like to talk and laugh and have a good time and and that camaraderie was able to transcend uh to the camera yeah i I could see it i I mean it it i really got the i mean of course you're actors and actresses and everything but but i really got the feeling that you were all friends i mean you know yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah jeez we were yeah so um is this the first Christmas movie you've ever made? Yeah, it is the first, and it definitely won't be the last. Because <laughs> I I grew up watching, you know, Hallmark Christmas movies, Lifetime Christmas movies, Christmas mm-hmm. movies on ABC. ABC does the countdown of Christmas. Like, I grew up watching that, and then as I got older, my mom and I always watched the, you know, Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies. So it's something that's become a tradition to do. And so I've always wanted to make a Christmas movie, no matter how corny some of them are, because... You can't help but be happy while filming, and you can't help but be happy while watching because that's the purpose they serve. So, um, it was I was very grateful to be able to do a Christmas movie and this Christmas movie um, specifically at this time that we are in in this world. Um, that I was very grateful for that opportunity to for and for you know in many ways, and uh, and I'm excited that it's just the beginning, you know. Yeah. Now, how how was it working with Peter Sullivan? Because Peter has done a lot of movies. A million. Yeah. Yeah. He's done a million Christmas movies too. Right, he directs yeah. them and writes them, and um, it was great. He he's he's gotten this down to an exact science because uh, because he has written and directed for Hallmark and Lifetime, and the Christmas movies all tend to have a little bit of formula. But when they are get edited, it's a whole different process. And since he's done this so long, he knows how to direct and keep the editing side in the back of his mind so which makes the process go faster because you know he gets the shots and nothing has to be cut you know at the end because he knows what they're already looking for so he's great to work with Mm, yeah now have you ever thought of doing 
being behind the camera if or like directing or, or anything like that? Um, not yet, but this year in particular, I've been like contemplating like, would I want to direct? Maybe. Possibly. I definitely want to produce um, some things. I know I want to do that and have, have my hand in, the, in, in that creative side. Um, but I feel like directing will come. It'll just be in a little while. Yeah. I imagine there's a lot of different directors for uh, American Housewife. Uh, do you... Yeah, do there's you, a new director every episode. Yeah. Do you, you know, watch to see what they're doing and, and notice the different their different styles of them and everything while you're um sometimes i mean that show is so fast and furious we do one episode a week and um you're in and out and then you leave um but there there were definitely a handful of directors throughout the years that have come that i like helen when helen hunt directed i, I mean i'm a helen hunt fan so i was already like <gasps> and then uh leah thompson came and directed as well so it was nice to see their different techniques and what they do hmm. uh and how their brains work because they're both actors and there's a huge difference between actors who direct and directors who direct. Um, not not necessarily in a bad way, just it's very different. Right. Um, yeah. And that's known in the business too. An actor's director is someone who knows how to direct from an actor's point of view. And then a lot of times you get a director who's looking at, because they have a huge job, looking at all angles and this camera angle and this editing and this, this. And so, you know, they put more faith in you essentially because you're delivering the performance. And if you're not, they'll tell you, but like, you know what I mean? There's there's lots of wheels to go on this, you know, train. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting to see that over the years. We'll be back with more of our guests right after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is it a big difference between filming a movie like the Christmas edition and doing a, like you say, it's Fast and Furious on American Housewives? Yeah. Is it a big difference? Yeah, I mean, it's Fast and Furious on American Housewives in terms of, like, you know, the regular schedule. But the, the filming the Christmas edition was faster. We shot this movie in 14 days. Ooh, um, wow. And mainly because... Yeah, COVID put a dent in everything this year. So um, in order for Lifetime to get 30 new Christmas movies, there had to be a pace that had to be kept because we were making up for lost time where if you shot it in January, you'd have more time. Or you shot it in February, March, April, but this was in August and we air in two weeks. You know what I mean? Holy so cow. <laughs> it really put a, um, a time crunch on everything. Um, but but our crew and Peter, the director, were seamless. Uh, they, you know, we all took the time crunch and, you know, bit the bullet and still made it seamless in terms of the performances. And then as soon as they called cut, we're running around getting the next shot set up um, collectively. So it was nice to work together in that way. Wow, that's incredible. That's 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 a quick shoot. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's insane. Huh. Now, um, as far as uh, you uh 
you of course uh, have been on Broadway, and uh, you uh-huh. were in, uh, you know, like I had said earlier, uh, in Beautiful, the Carol King musical. That I loved it. That mm-hmm. was we went to see that. Thank that was great. <laughs> that was a, thank you. It's uh, it's just a great story, and of course, I love the music in it. And now you you sang actually. Uh, you were one of the Shrells, right? Yeah, I sang "Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow." Great song. Great song. Yeah, thank you. It's one of my favorites. It's, it's Carol's favorite song too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, how how was it working on stage like that, singing those songs? Oh, I mean, it's amazing. I've I've done theater since I was uh, a child, and I've you know Broadway in New York for fifteen years. So doing that is nothing short of magical. Getting to create those special moments live, no take back, no no cut, no action. It it start and you don't stop until you're over um so you know the, there's nothing like live live theater there's nothing like broadway you mm. know it's very magical yeah yeah do you get the, when you get the reaction from the people is it, that must be exhilarating when you know all of a sudden people are really yeah into it's it. so i mean it's it's what keeps you able to do the same show eight times a week is I always say is because, not because a live audience is clapping for you, but because it is a live audience. And every single night, inevitably, a good 50% of them have not seen the show. So this is their first time experiencing it, which means their reactions are different. The energy is different. So you're doing the same show, but it essentially isn't the same show because since it's live, your performance is often based off a reaction. So the reactions are going to be different. You know, the energy is going to be different. So that it makes it easier to get eight shows a week done, you know, with, uh, with the live audience. Yeah. Have you ever had any shows on, on, on stage where they, I don't know, they just didn't get the, the, the jokes or they, <laughs> they weren't into it. And, and let's see, not really. I mean, like that's part of why on Broadway, you have a, like a three to four week, preview period Mm -hmm. so during previews you can test the water so if they're if uh, collectively the audience hasn't laughed at something three shows in a row then chances are we get called in for rehearsal and changing stuff up changing choreography seeing what works so once you get to opening night the show is set so you can't change it after that um but no luckily knock on wood i i haven't been in that situation there's i often it's find it's the opposite that you get up there and you're expecting them to laugh at one thing and they do but then they end up laughing wholeheartedly at some two other things that you're like what (laughs) that that's always funny you know when you're putting up a new show is thinking they're uh, trying to um think ahead of what they're going to laugh at and then finding out what they actually laugh at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, it's crazy. You had said you started in, on stage, uh, you were very young. What made you mm-hmm. decide to become, uh, uh, you know, on stage or, or an actress? Um, I just grew up, I mean, I could sing before I could probably talk. <laughs> and so for years, it was like, you're, you're going to be a singer because you sing. Um, but I grew up watching like, um, the golden age musicals and the classics and things and just really like envying that and the, the beauty in that. And then it wasn't until I got a little older that I realized, Oh wait, people still do this because as a child, I was like, yeah, actors do acting and singers do singing. And that is not me because it didn't just didn't seem attainable. Cause that's not, you know, the way I grew up, you know, we, I didn't, grew up going to Broadway or seeing live anything that's just not something we you know were able to do um so I always associated with 
things other people did, so to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the, as I got older and realized, oh, no, 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 uh, people still get paid to do this? Yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like, I mean, it's the reason I graduated high school a year early. I was like, no, no, I figured it out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what made you decide to go to stage as opposed to going, say, out to California to, you know, to, to, to try to get on a TV show or a movie or anything? What, what made you? Um, I think it's just because I, um, that's what I booked first. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I think I was doing, like, I started doing regional theater, you know, when I was 18. So I was constantly booked and traveling and doing theater. So uh, it just happened that I ended up in New York first because, a million regional shows later led me to Broadway. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay, sure. I'll do do it this way first. You got to start somewhere. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now, I know. Crazy. <laughs> was American Housewife your first TV role? Uh, what did I say? Yeah. It was my first TV role, series regular role and TV role. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you, and then like, well, I auditioned in New York, um, you know, as you do all auditions, and I actually auditioned on opening night of uh, my last show in New York at City Center Encores. It was opening night. I rehearsed 12 to 6, and then I had an audition at 6.30. So I ran from the theater to, you know, ABC, did the audition, and ran back in time for a half hour. And then I forgot about it, because I was like, oh, I have a show to do. <laughs> and then, like, the next week, they were like, so you're going to screen test in L.A.? I was like, for what? <laughs> you know, because you audition, you can't carry it all with you. You just mm-hmm. do it, hope for the best, and wait to hear. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I booked it out of New York and moved to L.A. for the show and have since done, you know, several, many other shows uh, now. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you have for, for young singers and actors who, who want to get on Broadway or in movies or on TV? What What, what, what advice would you have for them? Um, I always say to like, you know, when I teach master classes and all my students and things, you have to really want to do this. This is not a hobby. If, you know, if it's not something you really want to do and can suffer the losses and understand that the, um, rejection is not rejecting you and that it has half the time, nothing to do with you, then it may not be, you know, the right career path for you because you have to want to do this and you have to be, um, persistent with yourself and your goals and really know what you're capable of because there are going to be lots of people around every turn that say no. And you have to turn that no into a yes or a no into a, okay, next time. You know what I mean? Like you have to act of be, be an active part of your career. And, and that takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of, you know, willpower. So if this is not something you really, really, you know, want to do, if you wake up every day and think about this, then it might be for you because that's the kind of persistence it takes. Yeah. And, and it's got to, you got to have tough skin because I mean, you have to have tough skin. You have to, you have, you can't take the, half the things personal that most people do. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, it's, it's, it's not you that they're rejecting. It's just, it yeah. doesn't fit the, you it know, it doesn't fit like you, it goes through five like let's say 10 different hands before you get the job and the first seven don't have the power to say they just have can offer their you know they can offer their two cents but they don't make the final decision you know so you can have you know the first five eight people rooting for you but the 
person that has a final say so has a final say so. And I don't know what's going on in their head because most of the right. time they're not even in the room when you audition. So you just have to find a way to like do your job, um, stand out in the room so that if you're not hired, it's not because of something you did and you actually still make an impact anyway. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you a question, but we, we, I want to relate it to your stage, also your uh, being on American Housewife, and also being in the Christmas edition. <laughs> what mm-hmm. are the most memorable moments that you've had on each of those, you know, on stage, on uh, the American Housewife, and also the uh, Christmas edition? What what things do you remember most from those, you know, what was special about them? Anything, any moments that happened? Oh, I mean, there's, I mean, there's something special about every show, especially on Broadway since I um, started out understudying and every time I went on was just like a magical experience of, of creating a new character and being thrown in last minute or whatever that may, you know, bring, but getting to headline a show like right before I came to LA with Velma Kelly in Chicago and the leading player and and Pippin and, and be, being the headliner and, and having the show rest essentially on my shoulders and rising to the occasion was um, was more fulfilling than actually playing the role. Knowing that I that I could rise to the occasion and could do it is very fulfilling mm-hmm. um, for a stage. And um, in terms of Housewives getting my first series regular right out of uh you know right out of those two headliners in new york um and having it be uh, like i said a series regular on a major network like abc um was fulfilling as well because it it just was yet another reminder of how much work i had put in you know years in new york on broadway and still training you know for tv and film and waiting and being patient the patience of waiting for the right show and the right moment um was great and Christmas edition is magical because I'm a Christmas elf and I've always wanted to do a Christmas movie because, you know, it's something my mom and I watch together every year and in light of COVID and not being able to see, you know, my friends or my family all year and won't be able to see them at the holidays. um, She'll get, you know, I'll get to be with her in a way, you know, she'll get to see me at Christmas in a movie on TV. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and something that we normally do together. So that, that kind of like made it extra magical. That's great. Yeah. Well, Carly, I want to finish up uh, with one final question, uh, or actually two. I guess you'd call it two, whatever. But uh, what are your favorite movies now and of the past, and what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? What are you watching? Oh, that's the hardest question. That's a hard question. That's what everybody says. I've watched everything. I've watched so much TV and movies that I don't even know what I'm watching anymore (laughs) since March. Like, you'd be like, what'd you watch yesterday? I have no idea. Because it all runs together. Because mm-hmm. um, there's nothing left to do, quarantine, but watch TV. Right. Um, I just, um, so I had tons of favorites. I, there's no way to name one. But uh, I really just enjoyed uh, finishing Lovecraft Country on uh, HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Watchmen on HBO is really, really good as well. Um, when I was younger, it's all, it was all of the... Uh, TGI Friday shows <laughs> like as a kid everything that came on TGI Friday was a must um, and movies I mean I watched I grew up watching all the musicals like and, and I make my brother watch them with me too Newsies and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and Anchors Away like 
Mm-hmm. It, it was a very musical filled house, yeah. um, not by their choice, but because I didn't give them a choice. <laughs> <laughs> and now I love, um, I really, really want to be a superhero. So I love all action and superhero movies. I love scary movies. Love. We had a scary movie club in, in New York uh, when I was in the Book of Mormon. And we would go in a group of 15 and always watch scary movies. But um, yeah, I love I love all of those mm-hmm. suspense thrillers. Is there a dream role that you would like to do someday? Yeah, I would love to do um, a movie based on the life of Lena Horne or Eartha Kitt. That would be a, a dream. Yeah, you'd be you'd be good at that. <laughs> you'd be you'd be Thank a good you. cast I for that. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jeez. Oh. So, uh, Carly, I, I I cannot thank you enough for doing this, and people should thank be you for on no- the time. Yeah, for November fifteenth at eight p.m., they can be watching you on Lifetime in the Christmas film, the Christmas edition. Be sure to check it out, Carly. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you for having me. Happy holidays. Big shout-out going to Carly Hughes for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And if you get a chance, be sure to check out on November 15th at 8 o'clock on Lifetime. In uh, You know, now is the time that people are just sitting around. They can't do too much. Spend some time watching some Christmas movies. Get you in the mood. Uh, make you feel better just watching them. And uh, she is on that Lifetime movie. It's called The Christmas Edition, November 15th at 8 o'clock. Don't miss it. You want to catch that one. And uh, also Marie Osmond is in that one too. And uh, it's a lot of fun seeing Marie on on screen. Well, I guess that's about it. Uh, We have some more guests coming our way. We have somebody from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air coming our way for the next episode of On Screen and Beyond. So be ready for that. And uh, that's it. That's a wrap for this week of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when do we once again take you on screen and beyond? I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) 